Before the podcast today, we just want to say a word or two on the situation in Gaza. It's a horrible cycle of violence that's taking place and it must end soon. So we are encouraging you and anyone else that you know to donate to the Palestine Children's Relief Fund. Thank you. Hey Danny, how you doing, man? Olo. <laughs> Olo. Olo. Oh, I love this movie, man. Well, I think the 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 weird Megamind can't speak English very well thing. It's uh, it wears thin quite quickly because clearly he can speak fine. Yeah. Um, and it's just a confusing punchline that I think if if it was just one or two things like he couldn't say the word school because he can't yeah then yeah fine but you know where's thin and it picks its moments very obviously it's quite strange yeah, and he calls a uh, metro city metrocity which is quite yeah <laughs> which is quite funny i have to say um i do quite like that one but before okay, we get we to got, that yes got, yeah before we get to cinematic masterpiece uh that is megamind yeah we've got some bullshit so um The many sides of Glasgow. Oh, okay. Yeah. So is it okay? Right. I'm going to keep track of these sides, and then we're, then we're going to figure out what shape Glasgow is. Okay. So it's mainly two sides that I want to talk about, right? Oh, so a coin. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah, a coin. Yeah, that's why I'm talking about a coin. No. Um. Okay. So some some stuff has happened recently in Glasgow okay. that 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 really. They really just, you know, stand opposite to each other. Um, last week, uh, I don't know if anyone saw it, there was... Oh, God, yeah. I... Sorry, I'm interrupting massively. Yeah, carry on. Yeah, there was a there was a protest in a, a place called Pollock Shields, and it stopped uh, an, uh, the Home Office from removing um, immigrants from their community. And the protest managed to get the people who were sort of put in a van taken out, and it was, it it ran through all of all of sort of my social media. Like all my friends were saying, um, "If you can make it to Pollock Shields, please come and all that." And I was, "Oh my god, this is amazing! This is really cool that everyone's getting involved in this." And it worked. The the, hey. the people were released. Amazing, um, and a lot of people picked up on it. A lot of social. Activists were saying this is what solidarity looks like, and I was like, "Wow, I'm really, I'm really touched by what I've seen." Um, mm, when people, mm. uh, you know, come together, and because it's the city that I live in, that makes it extra cool. Um, yeah. But the other side, uh, a couple of days ago, uh, Rangers some won the Premier League or something, and okay. thousands upon thousands of people were in George Square and fucking trashed the place. They were fighting for, for no fucking reason. Like, I had no idea mm. why that was happening. And it just, yeah. it, it was like, how how can how can so many people do one really good thing and then so many other people do something really fucking stupid? It just, it just was so, yeah. and it happened in the same week. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that is just. It reminds me of when Glasgow was voted um, uh, the UK's friendliest city, but also Europe's murder capital. And and that was also in the same week. <laughs> what the fuck? 
But no, that those are two statistics that don't go together. No, they don't, but they do somehow. Um, but yeah, that's it. Just it just really surprised me, and um, I just I just I just kept thinking about the, the fucking uh the letter council workers that are gonna have to go out and fucking clean all that shit. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's really I fucking disgraceful. Would certainly not want to be among them. It, I suppose, it comes down to like a couple of things. I think it's it's unlikely that it's the same group of people at those two events. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, um, I, I think it's if if you're if you're the kind of person that sort of wants to go and help uh, uh, stop a family from being deported, you're it's unlikely you're also the kind of person that wants to go and fight in the street. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I, I think those, in terms of Venn diagram, I, I think there's probably very little overlap. I think maybe it's also something about the mob mentality of like a lot of football fans or whatever all together, sort of really, um, a lot of anybody all together unified towards a single goal. They've got a lot of energy and it's like, it's, I think, I don't know, I think at some point it can sort of reach a critical mass. Yeah. I think, um, I, I think it's, things happen that I think no individual member of the crowd would do on their own, but by virtue of somehow it's a group of people all together, things just happen. I think it's, it's, it's bizarre. Fascinating as like a psychological study, but, also horrendous to look upon. Yeah, definitely. Um, what I'm going to do is I'm just going to look up the the actual reason that they were out, just so I'm getting okay. it right. Uh, uh, and fighting broke out in Lunch Rangers fans who gathered to celebrate. What did they celebrate for? Uh, <laughs> uh, fought George Square earlier. Ah, okay. So, uh, uh, following the team lifting the Scottish Premiership trophy, okay, so they won the Scottish Premiership, right, okay, so that's why. Okay. And uh, they were throwing smoke bombs, they were uh, hitting people over the head with bottles. Right. People were just getting beat up. So it was really fucking shocking. That does sound pretty pretty shocking, I'm not going to lie to you. I don't understand, um, I just don't get it. What I did see was other football teams... Supporters mm. saying, "Oh, we would never do that," which I don't believe for a fucking second. No, yeah, um, it's um, yeah, I think it's 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 hard to say. It's well, I say it's hard to say. It's like one of those impossible things because, what does it mean to say you are a, a Rangers fan? Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It is is some little six year old kid going to his first Rangers game? Is he as much of a fan as as? Some guy that's been going for fifty years. He's gone every every Saturday when they've been playing, or whatever. Are they in the same category as each other? Yeah. And are they in the same category as some other guy who gets absolutely plastered every single Rangers game? And he's more there for the drinking and his mates than he is for the football. The football is just a coincidence. Yeah. Do you know? What? It's it's sort of. I think I remember years and years and years and years and years ago. I think it was um, a, a London-based team because I remember there was something about a tube station involved in the story, and there was um, allegations of racism between different um, members of different fans of this particular team. And um, in response to that, other London-based teams sort of made. Um, yeah, that was it. It was. Um, there was a group of people, they all wanted to go to this football game, and um, there was this group of white fans who were on a tube train, and a black fan of the same team came up and said, can you just squeeze up a bit so I can get in? Yeah. Um, and they said, no, you're not You're not coming in, you're not coming in, sort of thing, because he was black. Oh. Um, and later that day, I think it was, 
um, fans of like, I mean, I, I'm not going to pretend I know the micro politics of London based football, but yeah, um, it was fans of like another London based football team that um, it was a couple of white fans on a train deliberately filmed a video where um, a black friend of theirs also wearing the scarf and hat and all that of the same team sort of came up to the door and said, can I get on? They said, of course, my friend, get on the train. And they made and it was like people making sort of lighthearted jokes about it saying, oh, we wouldn't do that. I remember they reported this on the news yeah. and showed this quick video. And then um, some expert they got in said, and of course, later that day, uh, fans of that second club, the people that made that that sort of jokey video, other fans of that club also made racially aggravated comments towards black people. And it's like, well, it's impossible to say because... Yeah. yeah. <sighs> What's that thing? The um, There are some professions in which you can't have bad apples, like pilots, doctors, but... Because of the sheer all-encompassing yes, nature yes. of something like football as a concept, how many people would consider themselves a fan of I don't know, Man United? B- millions? Billions of people? I, I honestly don't know. Not all of those people can yeah, be true. what I would consider to be morally upstanding people. Do you know what I mean? It's, it's just, a, just a case of the statistics of it. And no. as much as that's shit, don't get me wrong, that's not a good thing. I, I think you have to sort of understand... I think if half a dozen people in in of of the mob that gathered in what, what did you say King Square, uh, George Square, uh, George Square, if half a dozen people of the mob that gathered in that square were uh, sort of particularly violent people or particularly drunk people or particularly aggressive people, it's unfair to tar everybody with the same brush. Do you know what I mean? And oh, mm-hmm. it, the thing is, it's just such a fucking difficult thing to talk about because I want to say like. Yeah, it's really shit, and oh, I don't know. It's it's. I want to say it's a problem with like, it's hard to pin down what the problem is because the problem is the individual people that believe it's acceptable to act this way, but in reality you can't say on oh, no, it's the individual people, because then it's yeah. like, well, should we then just check every single person to see whether they're allowed to be a fan of Rangers? Do you know what I mean? Yeah, it's, it's just insane. Do you know what what I really see it as is um. Like it's a it's a precursor to like the sort of horrors that that you see from like like, like nationalism and like tribalism. Mm. It's because it. I mean, think about it. It's it's a game where you kick about a ball, yeah, and you get like like points from it, and then you win. And yeah, somehow you kick a bag that, of air about for ninety minutes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like the problem is, is that you're raised. I mean, I I cert- I certainly got a bit of it, like because um, some members of my family are very avid Rangers supporters, and some are very sort of big Celtic supporters. So there was a a bit of a sway. It was like, oh, we've we've got my Rangers top, and uh, my mum was like, no, he's not fucking wearing that. Not because she wanted, like, she didn't want me to wear anything, because mm. she she knew the sort of like really violent sectarianism that goes on yeah, from it. Yeah. And it's just if you're raised like like it's not as it's not as like Well it must be because it in your head you don't think of it as like something like an indro- an indoctrination sort of thing. But it there must be some of that to some extent. If I you're actually yeah. willing to go out and fucking beat people up over it, you know? It must I think be it, pretty it's, it is pernicious. Sort of a, a gentle indoctrination in a very strange way. It's like in in a way it's a microcosm of like um 
like I was born in Stoke. And, and for anybody who doesn't know, there are two football teams in Stoke. Stoke City and Port Vale. I happen mm. to be born on the side of the city where Stoke City is more popular. And I happen to have a dad who's a big Stoke City fan. So I went to a couple of football games. It wasn't really my thing. And then I just never really cared about it ever again. But yeah. I also went to school with other kids that were like... Also, like um, there was this uh, one boy I went to primary school with um, who uh, literally, he lived walking distance from my house. And um, mm. he supported Liverpool Football Club, which is, I don't know how far away Liverpool is from here, an hour and a half, two hours drive. Um, yeah. So it's not like it's even nearby. And I remember asking him, have you got like family in Liverpool or anything? And he was like, no, no, my mum and dad are from Stoke. It's like, okay, so why, why? I don't, I don't understand it. Can you explain it to me? And he sort of couldn't really sort of come to a, a head on it. And it's, it's that sort of, it's the accident of being born in Stoke is what meant that I, it was suggested <laughs> to me, oh, you, maybe you should support Stoke or, yeah. or whatever it might be. If I was born 60 miles in any direction, it'd be, maybe you should support Manchester. Maybe you should support, exactly. say, is there a Birmingham football club? I've got no idea, but there so. must be. I, d- I doubt it's called that. But yeah, like it's an accident of birth. And the fact that people are sort of so indoctrinated and wound up into it and to like as you say go out and beat people up it's utterly insane but then yeah. it's again i i do see what you mean about how it's like a it's like the precursor to nationalism which it, it sounds like oh christ <laughs> jimmy voice there yeah. um it, like it sounds like an overreaction but it's if you sort of take it and sort of blow it up a bit it kind of you can see it it's the accident of me being born in a christian neighborhood that yeah, was that i exactly. went to a primary school where i went to easter services and we did nativity plays if I was born in a country where Islam was the predominant religion, I wouldn't have done those things. I would be... Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And I think that's... It, it, it's... Yeah, you're right. It is a weird thing to indoctrinate kids into in a strange way. Yeah. It's a, it's a, it's actually a good sort of follow-on to the film that we're going to talk about. Yeah, bizarrely. Ultimately, we are all products of our surroundings. Yeah, and, yeah. And where we're raised is, you know partly who we become um but um yeah so i'm i'm so i'm so sorry to the people that have to clean up that mess and mm. uh you know really fantastic job to the fucking protesters who managed to get um those people released that was that was fantastic yeah but, um, definitely yeah but should we talk about an absolute classic yes we should film, talk about an absolute Lewis? classic i'm glad you seem to like this film because i i was gearing up for a, a, an hour and a half of me shouting at you and convincing you that this was in fact no. a great film um no yeah. it's a good film my um, opening statement is i genuinely oh no we have done credits and stuff bloody whoa, whoa. hell <laughs> um this film megamind was written by alan schoolcraft and uh brent simons and it was directed by tom mcgrath and it is starring will ferrell tina fey Brad Pitt, Jonah Hill, and David Cross. Indeed, it is. Um, have you heard about David Cross's brother, Chris? Chris Cross. Oh, fuck's <laughs> sake. <laughs> oh, I entertain myself. Um, have you got an open <laughs> statement, Cocker? Yes. Um, a classic animated film that, like a lot of uh, DreamWork films, seemed to catch on much later and is better than I remember it being. Lewis is very excited. I am. I am thrilled. <laughs> Uh, my opening statement is, I genuinely believe this to be one of the greatest films that has ever been made. <laughs> I genuinely believe that this is an incredibly brilliant film, and I, I am 
saddened by the fact it hasn't got more attention right this chloe pointed this out this came out in the same year as despicable me and yet somehow people picked up and ran with the minions from despicable me rather than this masterpiece of a film i genuinely (laughs) think this is an incredible movie well but let's let's get into um first thing uh, i question this version of the us's policy on prisons looking after children just, just, <laughs> just a child appears yeah. yep and they're like can, can we keep him and <laughs> he just grows up in jail um uh, it's um yeah uh, you're you're right that is a bit fucked <laughs> um but yeah um, um okay i'm kind of surprised that meg well, oh sorry not on you go you, you're excited let's let's aside hear from it. um okay right here is one of the number one good things about this film. There are important moral lessons throughout the film which you are encouraged to learn on your own rather than them being sort of forced down your throat sort of thing. Um, for example, you you're are sort of shown in the film, maybe we should consider scrutinising our idols because they could be arseholes. Essentially, maybe we yeah. should maybe we should scrutinise Mega Ma- Mega Man Mega Mind. What's his fucking name? Brad Metroman. Pitt. Metroman. Uh, Metroman, um, because uh, maybe we should scrutinise Metroman, because what if his moral code is different than we think it could be? What And, of course, he grew up in this incredibly privileged environment. Everything was bought to him whenever he wanted it. Maybe yeah. somebody who grows up like that won't turn out to be the most morally upstanding individual. Um, yeah. Plus, the fucking brilliant thing, there is value in losing, and there is value in learning from your mistakes. It, um yes. I was literally this morning, um, while I was doing dishes, I was listening to a podcast, um, which after you've listened to all of our episodes of our podcast, you should go and listen to it. Um, it's called Ologies. Uh, the host, Ali Ward, released an episode uh, where she interviewed someone who is a ludologist, uh, which is someone who uh, studies games and video games. And um, the scientific consensus behind mm-hmm. video... I, I will bring this back to Megamind, don't worry. Um, the scientific consensus behind video games is the value in playing them lies in being shit at them at first and then learning to be good at them. That learning process is the valuable thing because it means that when you approach um, a new skill that you have to learn, if you're like... If you suddenly find yourself at a nursing home and you have to learn how to whittle, you'd be like, well, I'll be crap at this at first, but then I'll learn and then I'll get better at it. And I think that is the value of this film is Megamind learns from his mistakes. He, he, uh, this is ties into another one of my notes. Yeah. Megamind's redemption arc is earned. He realises what his flaws are. He realises what a bad person he is and what, what it truly means to be a bad person. And then he works to become a better person. He does yeah. good things. Um, what's that? Um, oh. Oh, that's it. It's again from the politician, one of the best scripted shows I've ever seen. Um, I still haven't watched it. Oh, uh, you fucking need to. But one of the characters um, is sort of concerned about his sort of moral standing, and he's like, "I don't know if I'm a good person or I'm a bad person. I, I just, I don't know if I, I, I know I want to do good things, but I don't know if I'm good or bad." And somebody sort of, sort of takes him by the hands and sort of says, "Look, you want to do good things. That sounds like a good person to me. Good people yeah. do good things." You judge people based on their actions, not their intentions, and all this sort of stuff. And um, yeah. Megamind works to become a better person. He works to understand what it is to be a good person, and he works to make that happen and to achieve it. It's not yeah. a finger snap, instant, 
and I'm the good guy again. Like what the Lorax sort of threatened to do with um, O'Hare. It, instead, it's a, it's a gen sort of a, a, a what's the word? Um, he steps along the way to becoming a better person, and you walk with him, and it's utterly fantastic. Um, yeah. All right, I've talked enough. Go on, you you have a bit. Um, do you know what? I really see a lot of Jimmy McGill in Mega Mind? Yeah, um, definitely. Jimmy McGill is a character who uh, has done some bad things in his life, um, and really through the encouragement of uh, his establishment that he works in and his brother, he has been made to feel as if, you know, that that's who he is. And like he's been encouraged by this, uh, his surroundings to to be a bad person, to be ruthless mm. and cold-hearted, even though you know that Jimmy is a character that's full of empathy and full of uh, joy, but just be- but because of the, the intense pressure that he's been faced uh, by his brother and the establishment around him, he decides, no, I'm going to be exactly what they think I am and worse. Yeah, and yeah. Megamind at the beginning is just, you know, he's put into this prison, he's taught, you know, to be a menace to society by the criminals in the prison. Um, you know, burglars are good, police officers are bad, sort of thing. Well, they are, but anyway, uh, but um, <laughs> yeah, let's let's obviously <laughs> yeah, the let's justice go and down police that system is flawed. Uh, let's let's not go down that route today. Yep. Um, but when he goes to when he goes to the the um, the the nursery, where mm. where where everyone else is, when he goes to school, um, he doesn't he. he he he's just trying to impress his classmates, mm. and like because he makes a mistake, he's like put in you know uh, the corner. He's like sort of uh, ignored and sort yeah, of yeah. Uh, made to feel like shit. So you know if you if you treat someone as bad like from the beginning of their life, mm. they're probably gonna internalize that and become yeah bad. You know I'm surprised that he didn't turn out worse. Because all he seems to do is just steal stuff. Mm, uh, mm. I mean, he, he tries to kill Metroman, obviously, but he doesn't actually want to kill Metroman. He just likes the... Yeah, he likes the theatre of it. Yeah, exactly. He'd he, be brilliant He as understands a WWE entrances. <laughs> you know he what I mean? As a villain. Entr- yeah, that. exactly. Yeah. yeah. Um, but, you know, he's he's got this creativity. You know, he's... Like, he's just completely... Who he is is completely undefined at the beginning of his life. Whereas Metro Man is, I think, is like groomed to be this hero. Yes, like definitely. you're saying about with his privilege and all that, and because of the the sort of that guy is good, and I'm I'm clearly a bad guy just by the way I've I've been brought up, and but it's just yeah, okay, I'll just be that from now on then, mm-hmm. and uh, and then when he and when he gets what he wants, he realizes, yeah, this is shit. Because I don't have, you know, the the good guy to fight. It's a bit like the there's a there's a quote from um, uh, Batman the animated series when mm. uh, when uh, someone kills Batman, and the Joker like just stops committing crime, mm. and he's like, without Batman, crime has no punchline. It's like yeah, villains are like nothing without without their heroes, and if you've internalized to be the bad guy. You're gonna have to be. You're gonna have to have a good guy to stop you, and yeah, because yeah. there is no good guy to stop you, then logically you have to then become the good guy. Mm, mm. 
it's but, um yeah. you're 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 right he sort of realizes he i think all through the film i i don't think i'd ever call megamind a villain like don't get me wrong he does like what is he puts people into weird pant- frozen cubes or whatever he's a yeah, pantomime, he's a pantomime yeah yeah exactly um but he's sort of i think all like through the film he the just adam wants west to show. be loved and then he realizes what it means to be loved and what it means to be kind to others and therefore be loved in return sort of thing yeah he's like he's like a child dressing up as like darth vader yeah you yeah. know pretending the child to doesn't actually yeah yeah the, the child doesn't actually want to like kill his son and wife and half the galaxy and commit genocide. The child just likes the aesthetics of, you know, dressing up as someone and acting. You know, yeah, yeah, I yeah. used to do that. I enjoyed that, but I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't like doing bad things. Do you know I mean, it's yeah. like, it's, it's, it's all theater. It's all playing. And when it's, you know, when he actually has to face a moral quandary, his essence, his core, is becoming a good person and mm. because he is you know like he's just not been allowed to do that because of his societal surroundings yeah exactly and i think i think it's the same with metro man he hasn't been allowed to to be who he is which is actually quite a selfish person yeah you know he doesn't give a shit mm. about he's quite happy to just pretend to die and allow megamind and then titan to take over and yeah. p- pursue his music career. Look, what the, <laughs> what the yeah, fuck? Yeah. You know, um, that's not a very good person. Um, no, you're right. It's it's a, again, it's a weirdly fucked up thing about like um, in theory, for um, Metro Man to commit sort of the most positive sort of thing to all of society. Can you just crank this lever forever, please? Yeah. <laughs> at, at the speed of light forever to generate infinite electricity. Um, yeah, it's like a weird thing. I love the point this film makes about the, how somebody is raised and what effect that has on them, because at the end of the day, like Mega Mega Mind and Metro Man are kind of they don't swap places, but emotionally no. they kind of do. Like um, uh, Mega Mind plays the villain of this very selfish man in his in his in his cave and all this sort of stuff. And a mega mind, uh, I keep fucking messing up the names. <laughs> Metro Man um, plays this altruistic, everybody loves him and he loves everybody person, and then they sort of swap over time. Uh, Metro Man becomes yeah. this very self-centered person, and and Mega Mind is like, no, I I just want to make people happy. I just want yeah. people to live in a world that they love to live in, sort of thing. Yeah, um, I I I give this film the credit. For like for having the the precursor to to characters like, um, Homelander, yep, and yep. Om- Omni Man from from uh, Invincible. Yeah. it's called. It it seems to me that the the sort of archetype of Superman is this you know uh, American schoolboy or or uh, Boy Scout who's going to save us all from evil. It's yeah. like it's it's that is being critiqued now. Yeah, a lot more yeah. because fundamentally it's not a very good archetype to have to mm. be sort of all powerful and trust in the strong man yeah, to, no, to, right. to save everyone because he may become uh, like Titan <laughs> yeah like Titan a, a, a lunatic a, an insecure lunatic or like Homelander an insecure lunatic mm. or like Omni-Man 
a, a xenophobic uh, supremacist. You know, it's mm. like um, no, you know you're, people you're people with with who are born like that and are born with immense privilege. Why would they suddenly care about people that that are in reality and probably in their heads lesser than them? Yeah, you know? exactly. They it's um. Yeah, you're right. Born into immense privilege, and then you sort of, you you just believe that you are superior, and it's like, well, yeah, and hey, you're I, told by it, everyone it down, as well, Superman, Jesus Christ. Yeah, exactly. Uh, it's even in a very ob- off the, uh, not oblique. What's the word I'm looking for? In a very sort of offhand way, uh, when um, the man is like, "Oh yes, I got you a baby for Christmas," um, which I'm not quite sure how that one went down when the man finally yeah. put his newspaper down. Um, <laughs> But yeah, and he says, oh yes, only the best for you, dear. And the baby can fly and shoot lasers out of its eyes and all this sort of stuff. Um, yeah. Yeah, I, I'm... But yeah, yeah the they waste... speak about the baby as if it's property. Yeah, yeah. Which is, you know, disgusting and insane. Um, I suppose yeah. maybe that's... Here's a here's a, a, a oh, new no. reading that we're going to slowly oh, work no. our way through. <laughs> what? Are you going to talk about capitalism? Well, I mean, you know, I do think the film is about capitalism to some degree. But... <laughs> Um, this specific point I'm about to make isn't about capitalism. I think um, is there is the is the movie perhaps on some tertiary level saying something about how um, Metro Man was bought up as a piece of property and and the job of raising him was treated as like a vocation of like oh raise the boy until he's eighteen and then he'll go to university and he'll get a degree. It, it, it was treated yeah. as a vocation, but um, Mega Mind he was treated as he was loved by the prisoners, strangely. Yeah, and even in Even in a, a situation where he had all the disadvantages in the world, he was still loved and he was still appreciated and cared for and kept warm at night and all this sort of stuff. Yeah. That love, perhaps, is the thing that really separates the selfishness of, of Metro Man from the selflessness of, of Megamind. Of, yeah, I was shown love and I know how to sort of dispense love as well sort of thing um yeah like metro man um he was privileged he's never worked for what he's got and he's a dick because he's never worked for what he's got he's never sort of he doesn't appreciate the value of the things he has because he hasn't earned them they've just been a part of his life forever and it's the same for titan he's never worked for anything it's complete luck that he was the guy who got a superhero bolt to the face and then he's a dick about it because he's just it's like the superhero serum from the Marvel Cinematic Universe when Stanley Tucci is um, says to um, Steve Rogers, "I need somebody who is not um, not a great soldier, but a great man," and and then the, the the serum will do the rest, sort of thing. I think do you not just see what I'm getting at here? Yeah, definitely. I think um, it, yeah, go on. I have to disagree with 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 Titan not working for anything because he was like, he was like, Hal is like a cameraman. And I think that's more of a commentary on how um, embittered people when they get a turn at a, a system that's, you know, like um, people people who who are considered to be at the bottom of the system. Once they get to the top of that system, it's not that life becomes better. Mm. It's just that they too are lit corrupted if you know what i mean 
Like, I'm not saying That's I'm not saying that point. power yeah. just I'm not saying that power corrupts Hal because Hal is a piece of shit before he even gets the power. He's yeah. weird. He's creepy. He's like, yeah, come round to mine. It'll just be the two of us. He's emotionally sort of insecure when when Roxanne talks to another guy. Like, he's not a good person to begin with. But when mm. when you give someone who's who sees probably themselves as quite small and can never get the the girl, that's a big fucking trope. Um, when they when they uh, get power and and can finally actualize their weird fantasy mm. of of yeah, this is the only thing keeping us apart. Me not being like Metroman. Um, then they, you know, they can't handle rejection very well. And, yeah. Uh, and and become a, a a complete and utter lunatic. Yeah, you know? I I do like how the film sort of it deals with incels in a strange way. Like um, it yeah, sort of, you yeah. Chloe Chloe said this when when she was on the podcast. Like, um, oh, it was ages ago. Ages and ago, I, yeah. And I watched a video, uh, by oh, what what's his name? Uh, Shafrilis Productions. Okay. Who makes the Who makes the exact same point that he is. An incel and how yeah. like the the cultural sort of, uh, it, it was very sort of popular, um, well it wasn't popular then, but it's it's sort of popular now. You hear about incels online and stuff like that, and you have horrendous, fucking attacks by by someone like Elliot Roger, who's considered yeah. to be an incel. You know, so it's it's not it's not you know, it's not an issue that that can just be sweeped under the rug. Contrapoints has done videos on incels. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, he certainly seems to fit that that yeah. archetype. Because he's um, sort of he's indoctrinated himself in a strange way into this victim complex in which there's always it's always somebody else's fault when one of his own character flaws sort of presents a problem. So when it, all of his character flaws as he sees them are erased, then yeah. he's he's sort of like, well now things are just bad and it can't be my fault because it's never been my fault sort of thing. It's um it's he's. <sighs> In an ideal world, he, he wants to be sort of forced to do some introspection, <laughs> as sort of yeah, he needs a healthy dose of self-loathing. Do you know what I mean? It's um, yeah. This is one of my notes. Obviously, this is a cartoon, but the message rings true. Some people need a healthy dose of what the fuck does that say? Of humility and self-loathing. It, it, some people need a very uh, a, a sort of a, a look at yourself, look at what you are, and deal with that before you try and critique the world. I think yeah. some people do need it, a bit more of an idea of who they are as a person. Yeah. It is ultimately about, like, not being defined as by what society tells you and also self-improvement. Because when, when Titan gets his powers, he immediately just gives up being a hero mm, mm. and, like, just starts stealing stuff. And he's yeah. like, yeah, it's just so boring. Be it, it's like, it takes hard work and perseverance mm, to, to mm, actually right. do good you know um and if you and if you feel entitled to something and you haven't had the means to get it th- for your entire life when you suddenly have the means why the fuck would you do good you know mm, if you've mm. been conditioned to believe that you're entitled to something that you're not yeah exactly. and then you get it and you're like oh yeah yeah definitely yeah i deserve it but um he's a really realistic villain actually yeah you he know is. Which is, he hits close to home sometimes. Oh my God. He's also a raging anti-monarchist, what I like. Um, is he? You know, Yeah, he doesn't, 
he doesn't even acknowledge the Queen's existence. Um, oh, so it's because you know. he says the Queen of England. That there is yeah, no like, Queen of England. There is no Easter Bunny, there is no Tooth Fairy, and there is no Queen of England. <laughs> so, you know, I've got to respect him there. He doesn't even... He doesn't even she, she doesn't even exist in his head. No. Um, yeah, so that's his um, only saving grace. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I yeah, I, I know what you mean. It's um, I, I saw. I think I, I I've had I have this weird sensation now. Like I've I've suddenly just been screaming about like self actualization and and self improvement, and I'm like, uh, uh, and I'm, like sat yeah. in my chair, slumped down. Like, okay, I've done my rant about how amazing Megamind is. Now what? Um, yeah. Yeah, I, 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 I do, I think that's, it's an impressive message, not only just for the film in general as a piece of cinema, but considering that this is sort of a kid's film, it's a worthwhile thing to teach kids of like, be critical of everything, including yourself, Concer- concern yes. yourself with what is wrong with this thing and can I do anything to solve it? If I can't, that's okay. What can I do to improve me? Do you know what I mean? That's an important thing to teach kids rather than to teach kids no, no, you are entitled to things. You are entitled to this and that. And I think it's, this is, here's a, here's a weird take. You know, when you meet somebody um, and you can mm-hmm. sort of tell that when they were a kid, their parents never said, go outside and mow the lawn now. Do you know what I mean? You meet somebody and you can sort of tell that yeah. they've never had to do something just because of, they've never had to do a, a sort of a some manual labor for some reason. And they're sort of, they have this very entitled attitude. And I think, it's a very important lesson to teach to kids that I think Megamind really sort of nails of like self-improvement and, and there's a value in losing. And this film is just really wonderful. I really adore this film. Yeah. I do like, I do, I really appreciate when, when, when uh, media like stories have like plot points that are started and then like are followed through. Yeah. Like um, Megamind's inventions were shown the thing being turned into a cube and then water sort of, turning it and that's yeah. how that's a clever way of let solving uh you know the, the problem of the film you've got the car that was left where it was yeah which is it's just it's just neat little plot points that are let like carried on and then followed followed through you know yeah it's, it's um, the chekhov's gun um every gun that ever appears on screen should be fired at least once yeah yeah exactly you follow through on everything yeah um i love I love that Mega Man thought that that having a copper dome would let let <laughs> stop because wait and that's another thing. Look what the fuck. So Metroman lies and says, "Oh, copper drains my power." Without ever thinking ahead as to what if there's another superhero, like you know, what if he and and, and copper doesn't do shit, like, as we see with the copper dome that's yeah, tried yeah. to trap Titan. Um, but uh, yeah, I'm just I'm I'm really just thinking of, of wee things now because the main points have been yeah I think been, um, the important things about the film are the important things about the film, which is a a nonsense statement, but it makes important and impressive points really effortlessly, which I adore. Um, yeah, yeah, it's really good, and I like that. I like um, what's her face, uh, Roxanne Ritchie. She's a good yes. character. I really enjoy her character. She is an individual she is just a person trying to do stuff i think it's um 
it's like the inverse of Superman. Lois Lane is very much a foil for Clark. It's it's a romantic interest for Clark Kent. And I like that Roxanne Ritchie yeah, is a person. She's, she's an actualized person. Yeah, because she, it's like, normally you see in superhero comics, it's Superman that saves the day. But yeah. Superman's gone. You know, he's selfishly fucked off to yeah. do his own thing. So it's up to, it's up to this uh, convicted felon and this yeah. journalist who's been left behind to actually try and save, uh, you know, the city. Metrocity, um, yeah. Metrocity. Um, and it's it's weird because it's almost as if... Um, like, his Megamind is responsible for, for Titan. Mm, mm. And, and like, it's 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 him trying to recreate the own uh, the the same toxic sort of dynamic that he was in before mm. where he's where he's uh treated like a criminal and and put back into that into the prison which like if someone has like has like a toxic sort of trait that they have that that's been sort of internalized it is more comfortable to try and get back to that yeah rather than trying to you know you know, self-improve yourself because it might seem like that's the only logical thing to do. So that's what he does. He tries to recreate the same pattern that he's been in and then he eventually realises this is not going to work at all. It didn't work then because, you know, I'm not a bad guy at heart. Yeah, yeah. And I'm, I am I, I can't really be treated as one anymore because mm. I don't... I don't I, even he doesn't feel it. So he makes the necessary steps to actually... Yeah, get to out of the, himself the funk and, yeah. that he's in, you know. So it's it's really, it's actually quite mature when you it put is, it that way. Yeah. It um, yeah, it's really good. Um, yeah. Oh, you're a villain, all right, but you're not super. What's the yeah. difference? Presentation. <laughs> That's so brilliant. I love that. Will Ferrell is really good as Megamind. I've got to say, I think Will, Will Ferrell's does underrated some... in general. You know. I think he's overrated sometimes. Okay. Like, sometimes his performance goes way, way over the top. Um, okay. And like, him screaming is funny sometimes, but like, sometimes it's just... It's him just doing really stupid things. But, mm. like, he really gets the... He, he really suits Megamind. He you does, know? yeah. His sort of weird, uh, uh, gl- glossy way of speaking... Um, no, he really, he really does that character well. Um, mm, the fact that Metro yeah. Man is played by Brad Pitt, the sort of like embodiment of Hollywood perfection. Yeah, yeah. And then you see this really flawed character. That's quite cool. Um, Tina Fey, who plays Roxanne Ritchie, who's always been the the subversive presence in the films that she's in, mm, mm. whether it be um, uh, uh, Mean Girls. You know, she's she's the one who actually actualizes the 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 route to being better people and not being, you know, horrible towards each other. Yeah, so yeah. So totally. you know, she's a really good presence in the film. Jonah Hill is is Titan. Um, I quite like that they go against type with that. I like that um, Jonah Hill is. I, I, I always get confused which one's Jonah Hill and which one's Seth Rogen. Jonah Hill was um, in Evan Almighty, wasn't he? It's um. Yeah. yeah, he plays... Have you ever seen uh, The Wolf of Wall Street? I have, yes. He, yeah, okay, you know, that's him, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I, I, for a second, I was like, hang on, it's not Seth Rogen, is it? Yeah, Um, I like that... Um, 
they kind of went against type for Titan. It um because he's often seen as sorry the the actor. Oh, what's his pissing name? <laughs> jo- Jonah Hill. Jonah Hill. That's it. Because he's often the comedic relief in a more serious film. And then when things step up into a more comedic, more sorry, a more serious film in Megamind, Jonah yeah. Hill he sort of doubles down on the on the seriousness. It's more like under new management, and then he lasers stuff into the city. Like he's going to destroy the city. That's what yeah, he says to Roxanne. Everyone. I'm going to kill everyone and destroy the city in a bit if Megamind yeah. doesn't show up. So who gives a fuck? Yeah, that's the thing. Look, when 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 there's someone who's who's seen as a sort of laugh object, and you laugh at them continuously, when they then have the means to, you know, bring destruction down upon you, it's really unsettling the way he does that. Look. When when he's rejected by Roxanne at first, it's like no, you're supposed to let, and it's like mm, it's the same mm. voice of the guy that we're laughing at who got shot in the face yeah. by the by the thing, and like you know has a burst nose, but now he's a really scary guy because it's not yeah. it's not like the classic mohahaha. It's a it's a really embittered, insecure toxic person mm, with mm. the means to act out their bitterness which is really fucking scary yeah and I, I, I this is a bit of a weird one but in terms of aesthetic I quite like that Titan still fits the superhero aesthetic of like the yeah. white outfit and he's like he's clean shaven he's like he's aesthetically good looking I like that he fits the he fits the Metro Man hole basically and, and then he's just this awful awful person I like that the yeah. film goes that way with it that that you know that's that's what observations have been made about Superman figures over the years. They 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 look like you know they're in bright colors. They often have lit uh, U.S. colors. Yeah, you know? yeah. And, Captain and, America. And, yeah. Yeah. But when you think about it, these are individuals with huge amounts of power. Yeah. That and if things go wrong, they could wipe us. It's like it's like um, it's a bit like the United States in itself. It's a huge country that's seen as this you know paragon of hollywood and culture yeah, yeah. and and but ultimately it's got the biggest military <laughs> yeah. in the world Laughably and if things enormous, were to yeah. go south it could wipe out everyone you know yeah exactly um it's fucked it's fucked but you know it makes for a good film uh, it does make for a good film so i suppose that's something <laughs> um uh the last note that i have yeah uh, it's it's a question, and I want you to think of your your. I want you to put your bullshit cap on, everyone, okay. and crank it up to a million. Right? <laughs> Why does Megamind have a crocodile room? Um, to keep the crocodiles in. No, but it's got disco Obviously. balls. No, no, come on, Danny. That's it. Next question. <laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa! Um, it's got it's, it's got a disco ball. It's got uh, uh, stuff on the floor. What's what? What was he thinking when he made that? <laughs> Maybe he's trained the crocodiles to respond to hypnosis, and it's like specific light patterns. So the disco ball and the and the sort of metal walls and the bright lights, maybe that's some kind of holding pattern to keep the crocodiles at like a certain level of fury or whatever. And then yeah. when he wants them to attack, he sort of flashes a light in their faces, and they go berserk. Wow. Do you know what I think? What? I think that he's watched... Um, every show, every version of the show, The Real Housewives, okay. and has seen how cold-hearted and reptilian 
the the um the housewives can be in that show and has uh <laughs> and has uh compared them to crocodiles okay and thought the best way to intimidate people is to get crocodiles but put them in the real housewives sort of lifestyles so that's why they're li- when they're not when they're not in the jacuzzi yeah, for yeah. a prisoner is is they are, they often are in the show they're in, in jacuzzis having uh, drinks and all that and when they're not in there they're in this constant uh, pleasure party room enjoying themselves so that's the that's Maybe. the biggest sc- the scariest thing that that Mega Man could think of to scare um, prisoners a room full of real housewives of um, crocodileness yep that's what I think holy shit. <laughs> I, see when you were down. speaking i don't know that just popped that just everything came together so beautifully in my weird fucked up little head did you feel and like I, tina fey on her balcony looking back into a room full of suspended paper you were like yes oh, real housewives I, yep <laughs> yep absolutely so we're gonna do that from now on see every single film that we do i'm gonna find the most obscure fucking thing and we're gonna figure out what happened there what's going on i look forward to that very much no Um, forget one i've only got one Uh, last thing uh who can you think of anybody else that might be a bad candidate for the hero bolt what do you mean because like the reason that hal is an interesting candidate for the hero bolt is because it leads to like a socioeconomic thing of like, well, all of a sudden he has the means to have and get whatever he wants. So, if who else would be a candidate for the hero bolt where it would be an interesting thing to see what they would do with their newfound powers, sort of thing? Wait, or is Howley only, only in Megamind, or can it be in anywhere? In, in Megamind, anything? I don't mind. Uh, Stewie Griffin. Yeah, because there's that thing about um. He always wants to kill his mother, and he could on 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 a number of occasions. Yeah, he literally could, but he do- I don't know. Mm. Um, so maybe he he's got godlike powers, and he's just looking at Lois, and he's just like, I could kill you, but eh. Eric Eric Cartman. <laughs> I haven't actually watched South Park. Oh, see, Eric, he's one of the worst characters. Uh, he's so fucking horrible. Um, Jack Nicholson from As Good as It Gets. I haven't seen that either. Oh, he's fucking dreadful in that, but he somehow wins the affection of uh, the the female protagonist in it. Because being an arsehole, that's how it works. Um, <laughs> uh, who else? What do you think? Um, well, I don't, I don't really know. And you've thrown me for a loop thinking about comedy oh. shows. Now I'm thinking, oh. would Homer Simpson be a bad person? He would be a bad person, surely. For no, because he's kind of a good guy underneath it all. Yeah. Hmm. Are, you, are you are you ready for this? I am. Bill O'Reilly. <gasps> yeah, that we shouldn't give Bill O'Reilly a hero. Christmas, um, Christmas would be saved at last. Uh, oh my god! <laughs> don't, don't even make that joke. That's uh, that's a horrifying alternate reality. I don't even want that to is consider. Terrifying! Can you imagine? <laughs> Holy shit! Oh, oh no! I think that's yeah. I think that's us. I'm, yeah, that's, I need that's to go to us. Dead. I need to go. I need to go and vomit thinking about what if Bill <laughs> O'Reilly got superpowers? Jesus Christ! Uh, go uh, on, have you got a closing statement, Chuck? Yes. If one lesson is to be learned from this film, it's that good grammar and pronunciation are so fucking important. <laughs> what? 
Because he calls it Titanville. No, because because uh, on Metrocity. Um, when he calls Revolve. it "Stay Out of Metrocity," and then he comes back and is like, "That's it's a clever way of like getting the villain to return, but it's like, just pronounce it correctly, and he wouldn't." But to be fair, where would he have gone? That's true. Yeah, he would have just gone to another city and carried on. Yeah, true. True. Mm. Never mind. Mm. Never uh, mind. Fuck grammar. <laughs> Nobody speaks Pronounce properly ever shite. again. <laughs> Spell words however your soul pleases. Yes, definitely. Um, but there you go. Yes. Um, what about you? Again, I think this is one of the greatest films ever made. It makes some very important points about a number of different sort of social considerations and stuff i really really love this film um i have watched it again and again and again and i will watch it again and again and again it's really good yes there's we've got a, um, bit of a capitalist shilling to do yes we do we do um okay the podcast has link trees and lewis's link tree is linktr.ee slash lewis underscore brindley Mines is slash O'Hiram, and the podcasts is slash Shouting Into The Void. There you'll find our hey. socials, our YouTube, our Instagram. Go have a look. Um, we have a PayPal donate button, so anything you can spare, anything at all, would be greatly appreciated. Uh, and we want to take the opportunity, as we do every week, to thank our wonderful, wonderful patrons. Uh, Chloe. Thank you. Darius. Thank you. Sophie. Thank you. Peter. Thank you. Aditya. Thank you. Richard. Thank you. Natalie. Thank you. And Doogie. Thank you, one and all. You mean the world because you help us keep the lights on at Void Towers and you enable us to keep making the show that we love. For example, drawing extremely adult conclusions from a kid's film. Um, So thank you very much, one and all. You mean the world and thank you for your continued support. Yes, thank you. Um, we also have merch on Teespring and Redbubble. We sell lots of stuff. Uh, t-shirts, tote bags, jumpers, stickers. Go have a look. See what you fancy. Or don't. It's up to you. Yep. Um, uh, and last but certainly not least, we are partnered with an amazing company called Number 12 Crochet Avenue. And Lewis is going to say some wonderful things about them, all of which are true. Indeed I am. Number 12 Crochet Avenue is a wonderful company run by my wonderful wife in which she crochets and she's very good at it. If you want to know all sorts of things about what she's up to at the moment crochet-wise and if you want to bless your Instagram feed with some beautiful posts, uh, you can go and check her out at number 12 Crochet Avenue. It would mean the world. Thank you very much. Yes. Okay, so uh, it's time to decide what we're doing next week. Yes, spin that wheel. Yeah. We are doing Star Trek 2, Wrath of Khan. Indeed. Um, There is so much Star Trek out there, and we talk about it at great length on the show. Star Trek 2, The Wrath of Khan, is considered to be, I think, one of the the best iterations of the original series cast. Um, I've watched it once many, many years ago. Uh, I will be interested to see what it is like, whether I like it, whether I hate it. If you do yes. like Star War, Star Wars, Star Trek, and you would like to see us do more Star Trek, say, because I think both Danny and I love Star Trek. <laughs> We'd be very we willing to do more Star Trek at some point. Yep. 
Um, and uh, this film was recommended to us by one of our patrons, uh, Doogie. So thank you, Doogie. Yes. If you would like to also suggest a movie for us to do, or a TV show, or whatever, uh, then you can check out patreon.com slash shoutingintothevoid, and you can sign up to be a patron, and you'll be able to um, to suggest films for us to do. Yes, absolutely. Um, but yeah, I think I think that's us. Indeed it is. I think it is us. Um, thank you very much for listening to our podcast. Um, we will see you next week to talk about Star Trek Khan yes Khan indeed